You know what's kind of awkward? What? Is uh, people we work with. Oh, no. I don't want to name names, but there's people we work with who are at this moment having a very loud meeting that probably most people would have in a boardroom or behind oh, closed yeah, doors. Yeah. They're having this meeting out in a very public space, and I want to eavesdrop because it could potentially be juicy. It might not be, but the potential for juice is there, and I'm a sucker for juice. Me too. We were just discussing, uh, you do that move that only they only do in movies where you put the glass against the wall yeah. and you listen. How does that? We wouldn't even have to do that. If we just sat in my office right now with the door wide open, we'd be able to hear every word. What are they talking about? This does affect us. It does uh, make me realize that, I mean, last year I got a house, so I have no shared walls anymore. I have a weird neighbor that keeps me busy, but mm-hmm. uh, for the most part, I spent most of my adult life with a shared wall somewhere, and I was often blessed with freak weirdos who lived next door that I could just live vicariously through their chaos. Oh, yeah. You would hang on their every word. Yeah. But I heard now, some weird stuff, and now I kind of miss it. You got none of that. Well, I say we suspend the podcast right now, and we go listen. A long chair is a good time chair, but you're aware of that. It falls down to Well, that wasn't nearly as juicy as I thought it was going to be. No, I thought maybe someone was going to get fired or a screaming match would break uh, out. Talking about budgets and EBITDA. Oh, uh, boring. That's not the hot, scandalous juice I need. Oh, my name's Garner Andrews. That's Bryce Kelly. We are the Lawn Chair Profits. Um, we were talking about this the other day. I cannot believe... Let me just say this, Okay. This is what they call an S sandwich. <laughs> okay. Where you say two good things about a person and then just one horrible thing. Oh, okay. I guess it's two so step this, forward, one step back. Yeah, this this S sandwich would be, uh, you know, there are a lot of things you're really good at. Uh, you make awesome kimchi. Your kimchi is fantastic. Um, you know the difference between a Robertson and a Phillips? Oh, that's important. But you suck. You absolutely suck at breaking up. There are people who just don't know how to break up. Yeah, we somehow got talking just about the Breakup Hall of Fame, the Heartbreak Hotel. Yeah, if you listen, like if you put your earbuds even deeper into your ear canals right now, although I'm not recommending you do that, if you were to do that, you would probably hear the backup beepers on heavy equipment as they move the soil, as they break the ground for the getting dumped Hall of Fame. Yeah, the most brutal way you've been dumped. And I thought there'd be, you know, one or two pretty funny stories. Nope. But it was an avalanche of just despicable behavior. It makes me realize that my life uh, and all my failed relationships have been relatively tame. A lot of these people just appear to be world-class creepers, too. Like this one right here. Uh, I had a guy that I had been dating for two weeks ask me over video chat what I would say if he asked me to marry him. He then proceeded to show me a ring. After I told him no, he then informed me that he had asked nine other women the same question (laughs) to see what they would say. Needless to say, that was the end of our relationship. Nicole. Well, um... Props to the creek guy because you know the old saying, you got to throw a lot of spaghetti at the wall 
to <laughs> so some of it will stick. Oh, what like is a, that a loser? Is that a social experiment he's doing, or is he sincere in his just desperation to get married? I guarantee you, he's one of these guys who he's doing it as a social experiment. That's what he he calls it a social experiment. Just as a way of dealing with the rejection. Oh, I see. I think you're right. And then the one time someone says yes. He's going to be all in. It'll be for real. He's going to be married. Okay. Uh, Man, that's weird. Yeah. Oh, this one. I had a girl lie to me about moving to Australia in order to break up with me. I saw her at a party two weeks later. It was awkward. Neither one of us brought it up. Ooh. How did Australia go for? Oh, you know, I got there and uh, gave it a really, really good try, but uh, I didn't see Australia in my future. Yeah, I couldn't stand the way that the toilet water goes the other direction. Yeah. Uh, uh, That is weird, though. Like, when you catch somebody in a lie, do you call? I have such low self-esteem that if somebody lied to my face and then I saw them at a party that night and they said they were going somewhere else— I wouldn't even bring it up because I don't want conflict and I don't think that I'm worthy of the truth. When you really think about it, if they're both ending up at the same party, it means they probably have mutual friends. Yeah. So if you're going to make an elaborate lie to someone, maybe <laughs> avoid the mutual friends where there's a potential for a run-in where Yeah. Yeah, if you're going to say that you moved to Australia, maybe do better to cover up your lie. Uh, years ago, I broke up with my long-term boyfriend in my apartment. He must have sensed it was coming because in a last-ditch effort, he brought me a plate of sushi and tools to put together my kitchen table that I'd been asking for help with for months. I broke up with him. As soon as he got there, he got up, walked to the kitchen to put my kitchen table together while bawling his eyes out. Oof. I sat in the living room watching TV while eating the sushi. <laughs> oh, that is cool. That is that is ice cold. And I hope you don't brag about this. I guess you kind of just did because you texted us. Yeah, a little bit braggadocious in his bawling his eyes out. That doesn't make you look like a good person. That would make me so uncomfortable. Yeah. Like wildly uncomfortable to dump someone and then be like, oh, yeah, by the way, could you fix that table? That was a risky move on her part, though, because there's a good chance he could have just turned right around and walked out with the tools and she would still be eating off of her lap. I'd be very suspicious of that table, too. Like, mm-hmm. how uh, did Ooh, he really did he tighten all the screws? Yeah. Did he tighten them all the way? I would assume no. Uh, oh, this one is kind of, well, this one's like elementary school, so it's a little bit cutesy, but at the same time, it was funny. Uh, In the sixth grade, when I was like 11, my first boyfriend and I went for a walk. He showed up on rollerblades and farted loudly twice. (laughs) I went home and never talked to him again. Wow. Wow. So one may have been acceptable, but it was the second one that really caved it in. Well, was it the rollerblades or the farting? Ooh, I didn't even think of the rollerblades. Yeah. I assumed it was the farting. Maybe she's not a fan of the rollerblades. They did plan to go for a walk, and then he showed. It's like telling your date, oh, yeah, we're going out tonight to um, my Christmas party. And she was like, uh, is it, what's the, you know, is it casual? Is it dress? And you go, ah, super casual. And then you show up to pick her up, and you're wearing a tuxedo. And oh. she's wearing, you know, ripped up jeans. You made a plan to do one thing. He deviated. So I don't think it was the farting. I really do think it was the rollerblades. Oh, yeah. I went, I assumed it was the farts. 
Uh, wow, where are we going to go? Oh, this one. I started dating a guy after I already knew that I had a job in another city and was going to be moving in two months. He got a little too attached and didn't want me to move. The feelings were not reciprocated by me. He said to me one night, I wish you were pregnant so you wouldn't leave. Oof. We had been dating for a month. <laughs> if he had been a girl, he probably would have had an accidental pregnancy to get me to stay. Gross. We finally broke up. He threatened to kill my cat. Trish. Wow. wow. That oh. takes a left turn at the end. Oh. Oh, wow. I was expecting maybe he kept showing up with flowers. No. Open, showed up to her house with a boombox over his head. Yeah. Nope. Threatened to kill her cat. Uh, are we going to keep going with these? I love these things. They make me feel good. I like this one. Uh, I lived in Toronto for a grand total of 18 days. I moved out to be closer to my girl. Got dumped at 7 a.m. on my birthday. Needless to say, I moved back to Alberta three days later. Apparently, he went... Uh, Visited her in Montreal. He was in Toronto. She was in Montreal. So he went to spend his birthday weekend with her, spent a six-hour bus ride back to Toronto, then packed up his bags and left. Wow. Do you think that now, like to this day, do you think he's like, uh, (laughs) oh, yeah, when I used to live in Toronto, when I lived in the six. Yeah, when I lived in the big smoke. Do do you even talk about that or do you just forget that part of your life? Just forget it. Yeah. I wonder if it's scarred his birthday forever, too. Oh, I hope he got over it. Now he's one of those people that hates his birthday. Uh, Hey, Garner, my parents were going to marriage counseling. Everything was going great until my mom found out my stepdad was sleeping with the counselor. (laughs) There's some of the scandalous juice I've been craving. But hang on a second. Don't you have to be licensed to be a counselor? And wouldn't that be part of your license? Like when you're doing the paperwork? Yeah. Hey, don't sleep with the clientele. I know doctors aren't supposed to. There's probably very few rules in marriage counseling, but I would assume the very first one. Is to be good at marriage. Yeah, is to help put these marriages back together. Yeah, not destroy them further. Not be a wedge. Man, that's juicy. Oh, you want juice? Yes. Listen to this one. I dated a guy for two months, then his wife called me. Oh! I had no clue he was married. I'd even been to their house a couple of times. He'd hide all traces of her, then put it back when I left. Needless to say, I broke up with him after that. He was so mad, I told his wife everything. He smashed my car windows. Oh, wow. Wow. Okay, that guy sounds like a- uh, Took it up a notch. A prize. So the one guy threatened to kill the cat, this guy actually smashed your car windows. <laughs> this, this guy who was cheating on his wife, the wife he never told you about. Man, what I think has gone unnoticed mm-hmm. is that uh, she was at their house, their marital home- and he actively hid all traces of her. I don't think I could do that. Yeah. Like, I, I couldn't erase my wife from our house. Like, somebody would see right through it. Somebody would go, huh, I see you're into scented candles. <laughs> no, I mean, yes. I no. love scented candles from Bath and Body Works. What I've come to learn about living uh, with a girl is that they tend to scatter their things everywhere. And yeah. you could try your best. You're going to find a bobby pin. You're going to find a scrunchie, probably a sock somewhere. Yep. You won't be able to erase that whole thing. So that guy was either really good or she just wasn't paying attention to the signs. Or maybe the guy and his wife, maybe they were minimalists. Maybe they had nothing. Remember that scene in 40-Year-Old Virgin 
when they clean out his condo of all of the toys and trinkets and weird things, so it doesn't seem weird to uh, the woman. Barely. And then she opens the door and he has nothing inside. <laughs> That's what it would have to look like. Like, why is your home completely empty? I don't get this. Like that, I, yeah. Why do you have frames with no pictures in them? There's stuff in my house now, I guarantee you, that my wife put there that I've never noticed. There, I guarantee you there's like one of those things that says happiness or something like that. Oh, the live, laugh, love. Yeah, thing. like there's something like that that I've never noticed before that no single guy would ever have in his home. I guarantee. <laughs> uh, oh, this was your favorite. I think you were uh, the kite one. Oh, the kite one. This was one of the good ones. Oh, my God. This guy tried so hard. This is from Emma. A guy I was in a toxic relationship with for six months decided to try to save things by suggesting we build a kite and fly it together as a metaphor for our soaring love. Oh, my God. He had me drive him to the dollar store to buy one, then to the park so we could fly it. While he was failing to get it to fly, you know, because dollar store, I drove away and I haven't seen him since. Emma. Wow. When you're trying to save your relationship with a kite, which is a metaphor for your soaring love, why would you go to the dollar store to buy one? Yeah, you don't want to break the bank to, to make sure your relationship lasts. Like, I think you should spend at least $15 on a soaring love kite. Go to a hobby store, not yes. a dollar store. Yeah. Uh, yeah, metaphor for the soaring love. Mm. And then she dumps them, like yeah. leaves them out of park. So not only is it double whammy for his relationship ending— yeah, to take the bus home with his dollar store kite. Yeah, she was his ride. <laughs> this is from... <laughs> Soaring love. Uh, I can't get that out. I can just imagine him turning around. He hears squealing tires and he turns and it's just her leaving the parking lot. Oh. There's smoke everywhere. Uh, hey, he went to a job interview out of town and just never came home. Ooh. He sent his friend to pick up his stuff about six weeks later. Ooh. Ooh, I need backstory, though. Like, how long were you together? I don't know. What's the time frame for ghosting? Like, after three dates, I don't think you can ghost. It's early in the relationship. Yeah. Yeah, you have to do that pretty early. Oh. Oh, to just go for a job interview and not come back. Yeah. That's solid. I love it when people try and get all philosophical and deep when they're breaking up with someone like this guy. I was casually seeing a coworker, and it got to the point where we had to have the, so what are we talk? I hadn't caught feelings at this point, but didn't want to keep wasting time if it wasn't going to lead somewhere. He told me, sleeping with and being with you is like walking into a forest and not seeing trees. <laughs> that was his way of saying, I don't love you. I still laugh when I think about it. I couldn't even be mad. That to me... Again, another philosopher. Wow. Soaring love, going and, into a forest, not seeing trees. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe being deep doesn't work when you're breaking up. Mm-mm. No, you got to be straight to the point. You got to rip that bandage off. Wow. I like that he tried to be artistic about it, though. Really paints a picture. You know what? We got a couple of people who were dumped on Christmas Day, but they give very few details because that's probably a level of hurt that scars you for decades after every Christmas that rolls around, you'll be like, <laughs> yeah, I remember getting dumped one year ago today. And everybody else remembers it too, because it's Christmas day. If you get dumped by your longtime lover on 
July 14th, nobody's going to remember that because that's not a significant day. But when you get dumped on Christmas Day, everybody remembers. And in years to come, we're all feeling the awkwardness of spending Christmas Day with you. I just couldn't imagine being surrounded by all of my friends and family at the moment I get dumped. Oh, That is not what I would want. And if it happened to someone that I knew, a friend or a sibling, I wouldn't stop bringing it up. Remember that one time <laughs> that you got year. dumped on Christmas Day and they'd be like, yeah, today's Boxing Day. That was <laughs> yesterday and I remember. Do you want to go shopping? Do you want to hit the big box stores? Ooh, every day, every, um, every Christmas, I'd bring it up. This one, Christmas Day breakup four years ago, guys, oh. through text. Ooh. I haven't been on a date since. Ooh. Ooh. That got sad. <laughs> that yeah. is uh, JD. I wonder if he, uh, is that by choice? Is he too wounded to date again? Or mm. Here's another one. Dumped on Christmas morning, sad face emoji. That's it. How do you pick Christmas Day as the day you turf someone? I don't know. Unless they specifically ask for exercise equipment. <laughs> don't give exercise equipment. Maybe that's what it is. I don't know. Yeah, if they don't want dishwashing gloves. I bought you a treadmill and a gym membership and six months of personal training. And one of those scales that you see in the locker room at a gym. I got you one of those, too. Commercial scale. If I ever become president, I'm going to make it law that there's a two-week buffer around major holidays and life events that it's illegal to break up with someone. Oh, my God. Here's Christmas, an, birthdays. Well, listen to this. I was dumped by my 10-year on-again, off-again girlfriend on my birthday. Oh, boy. Through text. Oh, boy. Simply the words, I'm sorry. And that's the last I ever heard from her. She blocked all of my social media. When I tried calling her later in the week, her number had been changed. Oof. Ooh, she burned calories to get away from him. She did. Wow. Hmm. Through text after 10 years. Okay, one more. Okay, good. Uh, ah, God, there's two good ones. I'm going to give you this one because there is a level of sadness to this one. Loneliness. I have a good one for you. I was dumped by my girlfriend at her house on day two of spring break. She lived in Buffalo, New York, so it's not like I could just drive home. It made for an awkward rest of the week hanging out with her and her family, Josh. Wow. At what point, though, like on day two, so you still got five days left in Buffalo with your ex now and her family, you're sleeping on the couch probably crying 17 to 22 hours a day. At what point do you just call home and say, mom, can you check me into a motel? Yeah. Can you wire me $400 for a plane ticket? Please? So I can come home now. You'll never guess what's happened. Yeah. <laughs> He's probably planning a proposal at Niagara Falls nearby. Ooh. Oof. Yeah. No, spend the money, use your credit card, do something, get out of there. Don't hang out for five days. Okay. I'm going to do one more. And then that's it. And then we're moving on, I promise. Okay. To make a long story short, I drove about 90 minutes one day after work on a weekday to fix my then-girlfriend's car. She broke up with me over text message at like 1 a.m. while I was driving the 90 minutes back home to go to work the next morning. So three hours round trip. In hindsight, she did me a favor, Matt. Wow. Well, I'm glad he can look at it that way now. Yeah. But I'm sure at the time, yeah, when you're doing three hours round trip on a work day. To fix your girlfriend's alternator. Man. He must have done a crappy job. 
Lawn Chair Profits, solving the world's problems one podcast at a time. Gurner, have you ever been around someone who is extremely wealthy and you're just sitting there looking at them being like, how'd you get so rich? Yeah. Hey, how'd you get so rich? I ask that all the time. When I see fancy houses or just people dressed nice driving fancy cars. I always go, hmm, bet you they got back-breaking debt. Like that's how I justify it, that I don't have those things. (laughs) Because I certainly, what are the mortgage payments on an $8 million house? I don't want those. No. Tell you that much. No, but how'd you get so rich? Yeah, the uh, we were talking about this the other day, and it was, how did you get so rich? And then it kind of turned into, what's your claim to fame? What's your family's claim to fame? Yeah. Because some things don't lead to riches. No, because the first example we got of this was uh, the guy, the 911 guy. Yeah, oh, well, I've got it right here. Uh, fun fact, my brother's wife's dad is Dr. Jeff Clausen, the inventor of 911. Okay, so his sister in law's dad invented 911. Yeah, but is that, you don't get rich inventing 911, right? That's that's an idea. All that is, is yeah. you're not, sitting in a bar going, there should be an emergency phone number. Yeah, you're not driving around in a Rolls Royce because you invented 911. No, you're not like uh, probably the guy that invented those novelty eyelashes <laughs> for your car. Or truck nuts. Those guys are living in the lap of luxury. Yeah, you want to invent Pop-Tarts. That's what you want to invent. Yeah, you don't yeah. want to invent something that you give away for free. Yeah. Oh, I mean, good for him. I'm glad we have it. Yeah. But he's not rich. Uh, about inventing stuff. My uncle didn't invent, but he patented raspberry juice. What? My family is Dutch, so clearly all they do is drink. And in the 70s, he had a raspberry farm in B.C., and he kept making raspberry juice to mix with vodka. And at parties, his guests would always say, you need to start selling this. I can't remember which company it was that bought it, but he's a millionaire now. No one ever believes me, and I always have to get my mom to vouch for me. So raspberry juice was invented in Canada. Okay. The 1970s. Yeah. I'm going to say that raspberry juice has been around for a lot longer than the 1970s. Yeah. But his uncle's clearly the first to be like, realize that there was no patent on it, put his name on it, and now he's got all that juice money. (laughs) You think that's what he calls it? His juice money? Yeah. Just walking around with all that juice money in his pocket. Mm. And side tangent, in that at the start of that one, they say, my family's Dutch, so they drink. Do you get the feeling that every country on earth says that? Yeah, my family's German, so they drink. Yeah. My <laughs> my family's Mexican, so they drink. My family's... Italian, Italian, so they drink. I feel like every country says that. Yeah. Uh, anyway, that was off topic. Claim to fame. My girlfriend, she is a massage therapist. She was living and working in the Bahamas at a high-class resort. Oh, baby. She was regularly massaging rich people like Sir Richard Branson... She has pictures of herself with all manner of crazy wealthy people that I don't know, but Google and Forbes does. Jason. Okay. Richard Branson. That guy's got a few dollars. I didn't know he was a sir. Oh, yeah. The guy from Virgin? Yeah. He's a sir? I think he's a sir. Uh, That's an interesting... You must be really good at massage therapy to be at a resort like that where that's the kind of clientele you have. 
Yeah, you were probably a number one draft pick out of massage college. <laughs> <laughs> the scouts had been in the stands for many, many years. You've been on the radar since you were 13 years old. Oh, living your, growing up in a bubble. Because to hit the big time of massage like that, if you're not on the radar by the time you're 11, 12, maybe 13, you're not going to hit the big time. Also, uh, kudos to Jason mm-hmm. for winning the Girlfriend Olympics because can you imagine you meet someone, you find out their job, their a number one draft pick massage therapist. Oh, yeah. Imagine all the massages he's getting. Have you ever had a massage? I never have. Neither have I. I keep being told I should have one. Yeah, quit it. I will go for a massage when I want one. I don't want one. You know what I do when I'm tense? I walk it off. Oh, yeah. I just walk it off. Me too. Uh, This is from Nick. I was blessed by the Pope as a child, but it didn't work. (laughs) Ooh, Nick's a bad boy. That is a bad boy name, Nick. It is. Yeah. Uh, blessed by the Pope, though. That's is a, there photographic evidence? Where would that have happened? Has the Pope ever been here? Yeah. What? The Pope's been here. Oh. Well, there you go. Like, not in this room. Oh. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure he's been to this city. Huh. Doesn't the Pope go everywhere? Isn't the Pope like Blue Man Group, where there's a bunch of different Popes that all look the same, <laughs> and they all tour different parts of the world at the same time? I think so. That was one of the most devastating things I ever heard. Was <laughs> I went and saw Blue Man Group twice, because somebody I know wanted to go see Blue Man Group twice, and then I found out after the fact, oh no, that's like a franchise. There's a bunch of different Blue Man Groups, and they all just tour the world at the same time, but in different parts of the world. That just makes me think of Arrested Development. Uh-huh. Where are we going next? Oh, this one. I love this one. A few years ago, my teenage niece in Calgary ran out of gas on the Deerfoot, and her phone was dead, and she had no bank card on her. A nice lady pulled over to pick her up, and as they're driving away, my wife, uh, my niece says, Is that an Olympic medal? It was actually hanging from her mirror, and the driver says, Yes. I'm Haley Wickenheiser. Wow. And proceeded to take her to get a jerry can of gas, paid for it, and then took her back to her car and helped her on her way. As if, like, as if there, you thought there was no way you could love Haley Wickenheiser even more. And now there's this. Although, the hanging of the gold medal on your rearview mirror. What's PM up with or that? DM. <laughs> Is that a power move? That's an interesting one. I mean, she has four or five of them. She's got a bunch. She, I'm, I don't imagine she's living in a mansion, so it's not like she would have room for all of them in the house. Man. You'd probably need to spread them around a bit. That's not how I would guess one of our most decorated Olympic athletes would showcase their, their medals. Yeah. Uh, I also had a run-in with Haley Wickenheiser once. Oh? It was many years ago. I was at a hockey game in Calgary at the Saddle Dome, mm-hmm. and she was like two rows in front of me watching the game, and she kept turning around and staring and it was right at, it was one of those things where like I would look down like is she still looking oh she's still looking I'll look away oh no she's still looking she might have been looking at someone behind me but it looked like she was looking right at me <laughs> was and, she and I was and it was kind of like a uh, like she's gonna mess me up she wants to throw hands oh I thought maybe she was looking at you and making hard hands no and like thumping from her chest like that no it was like oh. fisticuffs are brewing type look and oh. I was like oh man did someone say something horrible and she thinks it was me that's not the turn I thought this story was going to take I thought this was going to go and then I dated Haley Wickenizer for eight <laughs> months and then I broke up with her on Christmas morning oh man oh. look like Haley Wickenizer wanted to beat me up I don't know why she didn't but uh, I was very confused she's a national treasure Bryce Kelly and she's from the same province as me 
And she's a doctor now too, isn't she? Almost. She's Man. almost there. She, Haley Wickenizer, I think, is just going out of her way to make the rest of us look like total underachievers. Yeah, she's kind of making us look bad. Now I'm kind of mad at Haley Wickenizer, making yeah. me look bad. You know what? She's not a national treasure after all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, should we keep going? Yes. Claim to fame. My grandpa's band opened for Johnny Cash. What? He met him a couple of times, even got a picture. That's pretty wow. cool. Okay, I like that one. That's pretty neat. Are you a sucker for the uh, Hallmark movies, Bryce Kelly? Oh, of course. Well, then you'll like this one. My cousin played Eric in Christmas at Dollywood, a Hallmark <laughs> Christmas movie. Uh, that's from Tracy. That's solid. Christmas at Dollywood. I did, Okay, now I'm going to have to watch that. <laughs> I tried last Christmas. I was trying so hard to get into the Christmas spirit. I really had a rough time last fall, like trying to feel festive and everything. And I recorded a couple of Hallmark movies just to watch by myself. I got like seven minutes into one, and I thought, this is the biggest POS I've ever watched. Yeah, that sounds about right. It was, I should have known better, but I didn't know it could be that bad, but it was that bad. Did it have a pun for a title, like most I, of them do? I don't even know. Oof. Oh, you'll recognize this name. This is going to be the last one. Jillian Harris. Oh, yeah. You know who that is? Yeah, from HGTV. Uh, Jillian Harris from Love It or List It, The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. She was on those two. I think so. I don't know that one. <laughs> no way. Yeah. Is My Little Cousin. Ooh. That's from Jody. Ooh, uh, Jillian. She is, uh, she is not ugly. Really? I got a thing for her. Uh, oh, boy. She could decorate my house. Oh, God. If you know what I'm saying. No, I don't. Okay, we got to wrap this up. I got stuff to do. I got meetings to attend, Bryce. Do and you? I got one to eavesdrop on as well. <laughs> I'm let curious. Me, let me grab this. Hello? So, claim to fame. Okay. The summer before I went to college, I went to visit my uh, cousin in San Diego, and he was in a musical, a little musical called Rent, and uh, I got to... Meet Neil Patrick Harris. NPH? Yeah. And he introduced me to sushi and vodka and cranberry juice. Doogie Hauser introduced you to sushi and vodka and cran? Yep, in San Diego. Was it a wild night? No, it wasn't. It was pretty tame. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Is he a kind good guy? We all, I mean, we all want to oh, believe. Yeah. Neil's a good guy, yeah. Oh, yeah. first name, first name basis. They're tight. Well, well, the following summer, my cousin came back to get married in Edmonton, and I was in between semesters at school, right? And I was the only one free, so I showed him around Edmonton, too. So, yeah. He doesn't like being called Doogie Hauser though. Hang on. NPH came to Edmonton for your cousin's wedding? Oh, yeah. And stayed for a week? We spent the whole week showing him the tours and, you know, all the... What was uh, what was Neil Patrick Harris's favorite part of Edmonton, if you can recall? I think it was all the because it was during summer and the Festival City, so the taste of Edmonton. Did anyone recognize him? Oh yeah, people recognized him. He goes, oh, is, they tapped me on the shoulder and go, is, is that Doogie Howser? I was like, yeah, but he doesn't like being called Doogie Howser. Oh. Okay. And they take pictures with him and everything. Okay, this is good. This is real good. What's your name? Uh, Peter. Neil Patrick G D. Harris. 
Man, it's funny to me that he bummed around Edmonton for seven days. I, you know, I've lived here for 15 years and I've seen it all. I don't know how you spend a week of your vacation here, especially when you live in, like, where would he live? Beverly Hills? Well, I'm trying to think of the timeline of this. I'm assuming this is before How I Met Your Mother. If it's before that show, I don't know, maybe he had to crash on a couch. What was he doing? What was he doing before that? Yeah, because there was a few years between Doogie Howser and How I Met Your Mother. Yeah, and then How I Met Your Mother came out, and now he's probably, yeah, in Beverly Hills. Long forgotten his week in Edmonton. Do you think? He did introduce, uh, what was that guy's name? Eh. He did introduce him to uh, sushi and vodka crayon. That makes me cringe a bit, because does it maybe paint the picture that we here in Canada don't know what vodka crayon is? Or sushi. Or sushi. I mean, people do come to Edmonton for <laughs> fine, fine sushi. Then you're down there and it's like, oh, have you had sushi before? And it's like, what's Whoa, sushi? What is this? Is it like a hot dog? And now now Neil Patrick Harris thinks that we don't know what sushi is? Yeah. Oh. Thanks for listening to the Lawn Chair Profits with Garner Andrews and Bryce Kelly. Theme by Garner Andrews. Guests of the Lawn Chair Profits enjoy old candy in a jar that's unlabeled. Ooh, mystery candy.